You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. After being a passing team the last couple of years, the Gators will revert back to that run game just a little bit. We'll hear from John Hevesy, Richard Garage, and Ethan White right here on Gators Breakdown. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Offensive line will be the focus of this episode after we got to hear from John Hebsey, the offensive line coach, Richard Garage, tackle, and then guard, Ethan White. I spoke to the media late last week, so getting this episode out here as we get to hear from uh, a group of those guys uh, up front for the first time this fall. Gators will be heading into their last scrimmage this week, getting ready for the first opponent of the season, FAU. So uh, fall camp winding down, and uh, about a couple more, uh, you know, a uh, couple more full weeks uh, before we get to the first game of the season. So a uh, lot, lots to discuss here as fall camp dwindles, dwindles down. Thankfully, that's, that means we're getting closer to the season. We're all ready for that first game. I think uh, college football coming up this weekend for the you know first a little few games out there, but won't be starting in earnest till Labor Day weekend. And the Gators take on FAU. So, all right, a lot of good stuff here from John Hevesy, Richard Garage, Ethan White, and you're trying to get that confidence back up up front. That's that's the biggest thing. Uh, look, we talked about that on the defensive side of the ball after what Dave uh, went through last year. Whereas for the offensive line, it's been a couple seasons where we've been able to, you know, have some confidence there and being able to just, you know, we know the focus on the offense this year. It will look uh, more of a, a running attack, not the passing attack we've seen the last couple of years, especially last year, 2020, uh, and that high-flying lethal attack there. Florida's got to be able to run the ball better, even if it was the same offense as 2020. Still got to find a way to run the ball better, but now with a shift in offense to a more more uh, dual-threat mobile quarterback would uh, Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, uh, and now, you know, the deep stable of backs that Florida has, it starts up front, and those guys got to get their confidence there. Uh, so we know that's where we'll start. We'll start with John Hevesy and, you know, what it takes, you know, how long it takes, the process uh, of being able to play offensive line for him, for the Gators, 
feel comfortable, and feel confident in playing in this Gator offensive line. Red your freshman, you come in and not that you're expected to play, but you should be able to play if need be um, in that position so you've learned. And then really to me in your third year is when you're expected to be a starter. You're supposed to be fighting for a starting job. Just at that time, you're, you're physical. Your physical body's ready, your mental body's ready. Um, and to me, that's once you do that, that's where you've come along to. So at that point, you really look at in a five-year window, you get them as a three-year starter. Um, and they're playing with confidence. I think that's the biggest thing is you can throw guys in there and without confidence, and you can look and say, oh, you know, he's supposed to do this. Well, he's not confident in what he's doing. I mean, it really helps the whole group. And when you got guys, I mean, that, that, the five, six guys playing with confidence really should help those, helps those young guys behind them. And I tell the guys behind them is watch them because they are. They're playing a confident group. They're communicating. They're doing all the things you're supposed to do to get better. There, it sounds like, you know, that first group's got the confidence. That's why they're being a part of the reason why they're out there. Uh, they've played some ball games uh, out there when you go garage, white, you know, uh, Reese and um, DeLance, uh, Braun to a point as well. You know, those guys have played in some ball games there. So there, there's some confidence there in those guys, you know, being able to be in that starting five rotation, be up there in that first group of six, seven, eight players there along that offensive line. It, it's going to – the confidence – but we're, we're – it, it sounds good on the surface right now, and I think what Hevesy means, at least the confidence is there and just the game experience they've been able to bring to the table. You're not coming on here, and the way he started this soundbite was, you know, he's redshirt freshman. He's not expecting freshmen to come in here and play. He said Marquise Pouncey was the last one that he's had, that he's been involved with, to be able to come in here and and, and make an impact. And he's even he said then it was late into that freshman year before he even made an impact. So much like a lot of this staff, much like the head coach Dan Mullen, not forcing guys out there before they're ready. And you've got to show some confidence out there and confidence for this coaching staff, this offensive line coach and John Hevesy doesn't come until, you know, there's some uh, experience uh, to, to bring along to the table. He says, redshirt freshman, and look, we're not really counting on you much till your third season anyway in a five-year window. So no surprise, guys, this is a developmental position for John Hevesy, not throwing guys out there. Uh, part of it is, I think, recruiting. You know, if you're recruiting five-star offensive linemen, you can throw them out there a little quicker. But if you're not recruiting, look, and we know that's not the style here. We we know that. We can hound it. We can pound it all we want. Um, don't get me wrong. They chase five stars, high-level four-star offensive tackles, high offensive guards, centers, however you want to label offensive linemen. They don't get them all too often on a consistent basis. So the development timeline is kind of a necessity. They don't have a lot of high-level guys ready to come in and play. Don't get me wrong, there's not a lot of those guys out there anyway. Alabama doesn't have a whole problem, a whole lot of problem throwing true freshman offensive linemen in and those guys being ready to play, uh, ready to go as high-level recruits and, and able to play in SEC play and a college football playoff, SEC championship. We've seen that uh, from Alabama. That's not the formula here. It is a, hey, we're probably not going to get you on the field till year three, uh, in a five-year window, you know this is not even. Hey, come play for three years here. Come be, come be, um, you know, so good that you're gone in three years. It seems like the plan for offensive line is, hey, we, this is a, this is this is a five-year window right here. You're going to develop until we don't really need you to start until that third year. And that can rub some players the wrong way. That can that, that reputation, even coming out and saying it, it's out there on tape now. Offensive line makes it. Well, why am I going to go to Florida if I can't play right away? You know, so you can see how that goes uh, both ways here. Uh, but, you know, it can work as long as you got the factory going, the formula going where you can fill in every two, three years and somebody new and they sit there and play year three, year four, year five. 
would we like to have the higher level offensive linemen that are playing three years and it's freshman, sophomore, junior, and they're they're so good that they they leave after their junior year? Absolutely, you take that. Not the style here, not the way uh, John Hevesy and his coaching staff goes about things and trying to find confidence for the offensive line. They're not throwing them out there before they're ready. And, you know, the comfortability is they, if, they're, if they're not comfortable, they're not confident. And that's kind of where this goes uh, there. So somebody who should be comfortable, somebody who's played a lot of football on this offensive line, but not so much at left tackle, been sprinkled in there. But Richard Garage uh, going to be that left tackle this year for the Gators, taking over for Stone Forsyth last year. So we get to hear from John Hevesy. Richard Garage here about playing that left tackle spot and Ethan White as well uh, on Richard Garage. Last year he played a bunch of it in rotation just to get him, you know, kind of to to get him out there, but also in the preparation for this year coming up that he was going to be out there that uh, even though he's a returning starter to go play that position for the first time coming out this year would have been harder on him. So as you saw towards the end of the season, just rotating him in there, getting him in there to play, um, I think it really helped him through spring practice and fall camp of being out there. Everything's been going good. Um... Just trying to get better every day with the teammates, still having that, trying to build that good chemistry with everybody else. Um, but the quarterback's been great and the old line been great, so it's been great so far. It's all about challenges and stuff like that, trying to increase my game, more flexible and stuff like that. Uh, the more I know, the better. So, I mean, I, I'd rather know all five positions if I can uh, because I know what certain guys have and uh, certain protections and stuff like that. So, I mean, more you know is better. Richard, he kind of takes pride in being able to do everything well. I mean, he can he can run block, obviously, because he, he played guard, so he's physical. But now that he's back out at tackle, I think he's really worked hard in uh, pass protection and kind of just taking the next step. Taking the next step, that's what we need to see from Richard Garage. Of course, being able – he's played – every position but center so far for the Gators uh, in his career. And now he's there at left tackle. And think about it. We have not – one credit we can give this staff, we haven't worried about left tackle at all since they've been here. Martez Ivy, year one, was there a little bit of a slow start on the offensive line, on the offense in general? Yes, but as the season went on, he was a force there at left tackle. Florida was pretty good running running and passing passing blocking there in, in 2018. Then Stone Forsyth comes in. We didn't have to worry about that left side there for the offensive line. You know, more so on pass blocking, of course. Uh, all across the board, run blocking could be better uh, there. But didn't necessarily worry about what we were getting out of Stone Forsyth at that left tackle position. So you got to feel pretty confident there, Richard Garage. You know, probably more natural position anyway. Florida, he was one of the best offensive linemen on the field the last couple of years. That's why Florida was able just to look, even if it's guard, we've got to put him out there. He's one of the best out there. And you weren't going to put him over there at Stone Force House, who was playing good uh, at left tackle. So stick him at guard. And that's probably going to benefit. That's probably going to pay off now in this offensive line. As he's going to be playing beside Ethan White, who, you know, we. we or high and on, on him, and we'll get into to more of him in just a second as well. Uh, but you know, now he has Garage, who has all this experience right beside him, and you know, now Garage knows pretty much every assignment on that offensive line besides center. Uh, but he's played everywhere, so now he can help out some of the younger players on, on the line in the huddle uh, as well, making sure everybody knows their assignments, making sure uh, all, all the all the calls and all the checks. Uh, a lot of that comes from center too, but the communication there on that left side, you got to think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, there with Garage and uh, and White, but mostly because of Garage and his experience that he's built up uh, the last couple of years uh, as well. Somebody who's been uh, – he, he's played pretty well, uh, even though the run game has struggled the last couple of years. I mean, 
overall, he's probably been an average uh, offensive line. We're looking for that next step there, and maybe it's now because he's in his more natural position, I think, at that left tackle spot that we see that next step uh, coming for Richard Garage. But, um, you know, hopefully the jump comes in both forms, both sides, pass blocking and run blocking uh, there from Richard Garage. But uh, good to see him there at a position that I think suits him more so uh, or whatever, but also good that he uh, is a versatile player, has the experience, and can share that experience with some younger offensive linemen that will be playing beside him and um, all along uh, and across the offensive line. So, look, no question about it. Florida, after 2020, and that lethal passing attack, now more of a run approach. Uh, and look, Florida's going to be is going to be looking to be strong in the middle up front. Guard, center, guard, left guard, center, right guard. Florida's looks to be there. Plenty of size there. But John Hevesy really likes what he has there. Uh, we'll get to hear from Ethan White a little bit too on this. So the, the guards in this year's offense, the rushing offense, and also hearing from Richard Garage and just the focus on running the ball this year. The one thing in you know offensively we look for in you know running the ball and doing things is having big guards. Is having big guards that can knock back. The, I mean, especially in this league of the two techniques and three techniques that are there. That um, you know you want big guys to set. I mean, to double team and set those double teams and the inside guys and be able to move those guys. Um, so you, you have when you have the ability to do that. And again, like you look at the three guys that really <clears throat> that run around that and four guys with, with Stewart, Josh, Ethan, and Will. I mean. I think the lightest is probably 330 and the heaviest is 355. Um, so it's <laughs> they're, they're not small guys. Being big is, is nice and all, but it's still in the run game. A lot of it is chemistry and uh, kind of staying on levels and having proper spacing in the run game. So being big obviously helps. You know, weight moves weight. But uh, really, I think the chemistry with the inside guys is good, um, the communication. Obviously, this year, uh, you know, we were really focused on running the ball. Um, especially with the size, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, the quarterbacks are just, I mean, they can take off any play, any point, they can just go. But um, we also, we don't focus on specifically one thing. We want to be able to do whatever's called. So if we have to throw the ball a bunch of times, we want to be able to protect all day. But if, the, if it calls for running the ball, then we want to be able to do that as well. Coach really installed in us that we need to run the ball more and stuff like that. And so every day of camp, um, we've been pounding that rock, really. So... Uh, we just really installed because our whole offense changed since uh, Amory and uh, Anthony came and stuff like that. And then um, we just we just had to step up as a unit and just be more dominant. Be more dominant. And look, I like what uh, Ethan White had to say. Of course, running the ball is going to be the focus, but it's not going to be the only focus. And you know, maybe that's a, um, a far cry from what we saw the last couple of years. And as I said before, I think it really helps going back to this style of offense a little bit more. I think it's more what John Hevesy knows how to coach, knows what to develop for, uh, and just knows the, the style of this offense just a bit more uh, and being able to cater it to his coaching style. Now, that's not a full excuse, and, I've all, and I wonder, you know, getting, getting a little bit away from the topic here, I wonder what that means for the future of the Florida offense. If, say, we go back to more of a drop-back style quarterback what does that mean for the offensive line does that mean the offensive lines can only pass block again and not run block in that scenario uh so you know we'll see i think uh bringing it back just a little bit there's a mental aspect to this and i think it does help him i think it helps this offensive line and this mentality of moving forward maybe 40 times a game instead of dropping back and trying to pass block now don't get me wrong they were good at pass blocking but i think that it affected their mentality in the run game 
So now maybe 40 run plays being called a game and you're moving forward 40 times a game instead of backpedaling 40 times a game, maybe mentally that's uh, you know part of where this uh, you know this running attack gets it going, but mostly because of what they bring up the size. Florida is so strong up the middle size-wise when you go – White, Aguaken, and Reese, and, and we heard from Stuart Reese earlier uh, this uh, th- this fall camp of you know, the struggles he had uh, in, in adjusting last year and coming in from COVID and being injured and trying to learn everything uh, all over again at, with this staff. It was just a little it was a little difficult. And now you got some experience there. You know, Ethan White came about after he got injured last year, and we'll get into that too. But he got some experience there at left guard. Oguaken, you know, that's the biggest question there at center now. It seems like he's got that center role locked up, and we'll get into uh, that too uh, before we sign off here. But uh, pretty strong up the middle, uh, I think the Gators are. And now Josh Braun there uh, going to be there at both guard spots. Uh, so, you know, we Florida's got some size uh, there. they got to develop that and get the chemistry, get the connection going uh, there. But uh, I, I like what the, they said. We, got, we have to be able to do – we have to be well-rounded. We have to be able to do both. We have to be able to run block and pass block. Can't be up like the last couple of years where it just it excels in one part of the game. And that's, I, I do expect the jump there just because of mentality. The coaching development there knows this style of offense better. It suits him. It's what he's done for forever, John Hevesy has. Uh, and you know, just based on that alone, I, I expect an improvement. Now, what's the ceiling? I, I still have questions there. I don't know what the ceiling is, but I do expect improvement, at least on the run blocking uh, side of things. Quarterbacks help them as well. The running back stable helps as well uh, there. So I think that this you're gonna see a lot of between the you know between the center and guard uh, and and running behind these guards a whole bit uh, a whole lot uh, for for this run game. I think that you're gonna see that a good bit with this size. Um, they recruited to this size on purpose, uh, you know, to be able to build this style of offense, to be able to run behind uh, that size there uh, up the middle. And I think you're going to see him take advantage of it. Uh, and that's where you're going to see uh, a lot of just uh, concentration on the run game is right up the middle for this Gator offensive line. All right, one player I know everybody wants to hear more about just because of the story it was of coming in uh, and doing the work it uh, – it, it took to get on the field, lose some weight, uh, and that's the one Ethan White and the, the story of him. Uh, you know, every, it was based on a, a project uh, coming out, uh, you know, just because of the, the size issue there. But credit to him, credit to Nick Savage for uh, getting it all together. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll hear from John Hevesy and Ethan White here on his progress uh, and um, also from uh, Richard Garage in working uh, beside White now that on that left side of the offensive line. His confidence was, was skyrocketing last year at center until that injury. You know, and again, any injury always kind of puts a kid of questioning what he's doing. And even last season, you know, he was probably ready for the Georgia week. But you watch him at practice, not 100% confident. I mean, ready, but not confident, which is something you don't want to ever throw a kid in there when he's not confident in what he's doing. And you wait one more week to get him in there so he's playing. I think since then, you even watched through spring practice, I think still a little bit. And now through camp, really just hasn't bother with you know thinking about those things he's playing with a lot of confidence i'm still uh not trying to be too uh locked in at one spot you know i like to have position flexibility so does coach hevesy so i'm not playing just one spot in particular but uh i have been focused mostly on left guard they didn't necessarily say i'd be better at guard i just think that kingsley's a great option at center so 
they obviously want to play the best five, and if that is Kingsley at center, then I'm I'm good with that. With the physical transformation, as you guys like to say, um, it's it's just doing what Coach Savage and his staff says. If they say, go do this workout, eat this way, drink a certain way, I mean, I'm going to do it because they know best. And I mean, I came here to kind of be coached and learn from those guys. So it's kind of just following the program that they set. It, it's been good. Me and Richard and uh, have kind of been working together since I got here as a freshman. You know, we've just been on the left side over the years. So we have a pretty good chemistry with things like um, making calls and just being on the same page with each other. My, my confidence is high. Um, part of it is the, the guys I'm playing next to. Um, having practiced with them for so long and knowing what they do, it allows me to play with confidence because, I, for example, I know where my help is with Richard or Kingsley and I can kind of play faster just because I'm not worried about what's going to happen around me. Well, Ethan been phenomenal. Uh, he's been working really, really hard. I mean, uh, he's been great. He's really funny off the field and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's really great to have a friend next to you um, go in and, and play, really. So, I mean, that chemistry is, is, is growing every day, really. When I'm tired of doing extra kits and stuff like that, and uh, Ethan knows I stay after practice every day and trying to work on the little things to increase my game, and I somewhat try to help Ethan the best way I can. And um, so we just both click, really. There we go. Clicking, helping each other. I think that's where, look, the theme of this episode right now, confidence. Confidence on this offensive line. Um, and, you know, these guys have been around uh, together a whole lot. You know, maybe not playing together in starting roles. Uh, you know, with Brett Hagee now gone, Stone Forsyth now gone. That was the majority of the left side of the line we've seen the last uh, couple years. But now you have it with Garage and you have it with White. And you look at White's bouncing back from look, we thought he'd be the center last year. He got injured in, in, in preseason fall camp. And it took about until the Georgia game uh, for him to, to feel confident. You know, the week after that, got some play in time. Uh, I believe in the Georgia game, that's when he, he came back. But it wasn't until the week after that uh, to where he was, you know, fully inserted and into getting more playing time uh, there with, with the offensive line. So now being able to bounce back and uh, I like what he said, look, it doesn't matter if I'm playing center or not. You know, they're going to find the place for me there at guard to get the best five on the field. And from all reports, that it sounds like Awaken is going to get that center job and be one of the best five on the field. Uh, and he looks for, for um, you know, White to have some – and he has played center a little bit this fall camp as well, uh, working out there, especially toward more of the beginning. But now I think as the closer we get toward the season and Florida's finding the five that they want to start, you're starting to see the settle. You know, those guys settle into their roles, garage at left tackle, white at left guard uh, there. And they, these guys seem to have a, a connection there. And it helps with the confidence uh, right there. Um, so, you know, it's all about getting the best five on the field. We've heard about that, get, building some depth. But – Ethan White, there's probably two players on this Florida roster we've had that feel-good story for, Ethan White and DeWan Black, one on each side of the ball. Uh, you know, those are stories that we are just going to be watching out for the next couple of years here uh, for the Gators and seeing how it turns out. And, look, we all know – we. We all feel White has that potential. He he impressed early on as a freshman in trying to lose that weight, get on the field, and impressed in the, in the limited time we saw him. We were all expected that big jump last year before he went down with injury. Now I think we we hope we see that jump we expected last year, and even he's still working on his uh, physique and conditioning, being able to be out there. Like everything we heard about Desmond Watson uh, recently about you know, having to shed the bad weight, can't really play that many plays in a row, it was basically the same thing we were hearing about Ethan White as he would come along. But now 
getting that physique in order, that physical transformation he talked about. And that's going to just help him stay on the field uh, out there and, do, and doing the right thing. I and mean, he's he's got some muscle now. You know, it, was, it wasn't that when he come in. Uh, so a credit to Nick Savage, credit to him for putting the work in. Uh, we we can give all the credit to Nick Savage too. He deserves a whole lot of it. But it's up to the player to go out there and do those things that are um, that 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 need to be done. Um, Nick Savage can give him all the tools in the world, but you got to be able to use those tools. And that's what uh, Ethan White has done. So excited to see what he brings to this offensive line uh, there. You know, not a highly heralded recruit, uh, but it looks to be uh, a cog on this offensive front, this offensive line. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we see him uh, healthy, injury-free this year. And uh, we see the step that we wanted to see in 2020. All right, last one here. Kingsley Aguakin has been a hot topic all fall and winning that center uh, position more than likely either, either him or Stuart Reese, but it looks like right now to get the best five on the field, it's going to be Aguakin. So here's uh, John Hevesy and Ethan White on Aguakin. His growth, his maturity has been the biggest thing for him. Um, I think early on you saw, I mean, his freshman year, you saw had the talent, had the athletic ability, had all those things. I think just the maturity and to play that position. Um, and to be control of everybody. I think like as young guys, they're always trying to just work for themselves. Um, and even, you know, la- last year you saw him, I'd probably say midway through the season, you started seeing it. And then I think really during spring practice, had a great spring practice and you saw the leadership role of now at that position being a center of commanding both sides, you know, the left side, the right side and putting everything together. You really saw the, the maturity of him come out. Um, and I think during summer, even did it, watched him the leadership, and he did in the weight room on the field with all the drills that they do. And you've seen it so far in camp. You know, I think that he's got to continue in that path. He's still got maturity to go, but uh, I think he's made a great jump in just his maturity on the field, um, on top of you know fundamentals and doing things as a unit more than as an individual. Kingsley, he's just freaky athletic, and you know he's strong. Like he's probably one of the strongest guys on the team, if not the strongest. So. He uh, physically, he has all the tools, and then mentally, he's he's very good with calls and um, getting everybody on the same page. And he's a good leader at that position. That's what I want to hear: good leader at the position and got to get the calls. That's what the center's going to be out there mostly for. Of course, the physical play comes into it as well. But uh, you know, it seems like all the the reviews uh, from the coaching staff and from players to Aguakin's head on that right track to get that center position uh, going and be one of the five best on the field. So what does that mean? You know, Gwaken, we've talked about this offensive line. We've wondered what would happen there. And I know a lot of people have the questions there at right tackle and what happens with Gene DeLance and everything that goes along with that. And when Gwaken probably getting that center, center spot now, it's going to shift, shift, them, shift the offensive line in our way of thinking uh, just a little bit. I know a lot of people are going to have a hard time um, you know, piecing together what Gwaken means and him winning that center job means it, and what it means that the trickle down effect for the offensive line. Well, right now, if you, I think if Florida was to play a game, the uh, scrimmage on Sunday, that starting offensive line, if they were playing the game right now, projected for me, left to right, Richard Garage, no surprise, Ethan White, no surprise, Kingsley Aguaken, they're at center. What that? What does that mean? Stuart Reese not at center, Stuart Reese at right guard, and still Gene DeLance at right tackle. Uh, and Part of that also comes from Aguaken winning the center job. Now, the trickle-down effect, what does that mean for Josh Braun? John Hennessy did say he is cross-training at both guard positions. So that's why he's not taking Gene DeLance's job at right tackle. I think Braun can be a tackle. I think maybe eventually next year he will be. But now, for this year, 
I think for one more side, one one more piece of this. Look, I, I think if Florida was the same 2020 offense, I think we might see Braun there at right tackle. But with this shift in a run focused offense, I think that what they want Josh Braun more in the middle because that's where they're going to concentrate a lot of this run game. And Gene Lance is a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. So you still get him out there. He's not as big as a detriment to this uh, offensive line as he was when they were dropping back 40 times a game. Moving forward 40 times a game, Gene DeLance is a serviceable offensive lineman. So now they want Braun there to be able to fill in there at, at, at the guard positions and help right there inside. So you know, he'll be that sixth guy. He'll still get a lot of snaps. He'll still play a whole lot. Um, you know, give some guys some breathers there. But I do think, you know, <laughs> Josh Braun uh, will be – you know, not starting at that right tackle spot. And if you listen to John Hennessy, he's going to be that sixth guy filling in at one of the guard spots. So that was a signal there. That's what he said. Main backup there. You also have William Harrod, Michael Tarquin as, as your know, next two guys that uh, Hennessy needs to see step up, wants to see step up. Florida needs to build some depth there. Uh, he thinks they have eight guys they want. And if you can get the nine or 10, great. But uh, right now at eight, um, Hevesy said 9, 10, 11, they're battling for who those guys are. Uh, but getting better every day ultimately comes down to game experience. That's what he's looking for now, uh, to, I think, to separate these guys. So I think they know the 9, 10, and 11 guys, but who out of that group is going to play the most? And they probably won't know, won't know until Florida plays at FAU, USF, start getting some more game reps there, see who's ready before Alabama, and that's who your 9, 10, and 11 guys are. How does that shuffle out? I think we have to wait past those first couple games uh, to see, and that's what you know. he, he kept hounding that, John Hedgesy did. Comes down to game experience, game experience, confidence. Uh, so get those young guys ready. He singled out Mincy, Leonard, Kingsley, uh, get, getting those guys ready for game day, getting them live reps with a full crowd. Uh, that's where uh, the next stage of separation comes from for this offensive line, where the confidence comes from in this offensive line. Davis was asked about the run game as well to kind of finish it up here. I think still add a little bit more quarterback run this year, of course. Won't be a surprise there. But he says the scheme isn't all that different from what they've done in previous years, just more quarterback running. And, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you get that just there. Um, you know, you, you'll see what the quarterback can handle in the passing attack. But, you know, it's going to be mostly the same plays, but what can they handle from those same plays? And I've always – that's been my biggest question. What can bleed over from the pass-happy attack of 2020 to future offenses under Dan Mullen? It's all going to be dependent on what the quarterback can do with his arm. So, FSC did say if they can't throw the ball, if they can't run the ball, they won't force it. I think that's what we saw last year. <laughs> Especially, also, you had so much talent in the passing attack that you, you passed the ball. Uh, but we do know they should have been able to run better in situations last year, closing out games last year, short yardage situations last year. You know, got to get better. That's where you got to start this year. Get better in those situations. Salting games away uh, there. But I think with the mobile quarterback, the bevy of running backs they have, you know, that helps in that regard as well. But they'll do whatever they're good at, is what John Hevesy says. And he's talked about running the ball well when they were at Mississippi State and his first year at Florida because they had to. So, well, they have to this year. I think that, that's still the biggest question uh, there for, for, for this Gator team. How much can they rely on the passing game? How much can, how much can they take away from the previous iterations of the offense the last couple of years and apply all that? You know, the Dan Mullen 2.0, what can they apply from that? to the traditional Dan Mullen offense that we knew about 
so, so much from before with a dual threat quarterback. What all can you bring together in those styles of offenses to now move the offense into a, a, another iteration with Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, and on down the road with a Kitna or Del Rio or Nevers. We'll see where it all goes from here. So, all right, offensive line talk right here on Gators Breakdown. Um, teased it last week, but he wasn't able to make it there at the end. So uh, coming up this week, Ben Troop, hopefully uh, we've got it scheduled again. We'll be here on Gators Breakdown this week talking about his new book. Uh, so we'll get all the details uh, for that. Gators will have their second and final scrimmage of uh, fall camp. So we'll get into that this week as well. Um, that it will be a Sunday evening. So look for an episode probably Monday evening, Monday afternoon there uh, for some scrimmage news and notes coming out of there. Uh, we'll call, we'll get to hear from Dan Mullen again on Monday. So be on the lookout for that after uh, we'll get the news and notes. And we'll also hear from Dan Mullen and get his feedback as well from the Gators second and final scrimmage of the 2021 fall camp. All right, that'll do it here for Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you on the next episode of Gators Breakdown.